actually what? What are you doing? You're hacking the mainframe? Yeah, I was looking for I was looking for uh what card this is, but it's not saying in the in the system pages. Uh just do yeah, if you do hardware it should. Components, suggested club category. And then go to display. display. Should show. Yeah. Ten eighty TI. Dude, sick ten eighty TI upgrade. I mean What do you have in your computer right now? I have a twenty seventy. Oh, you got the RTX I card. Think, I think technically the 1080 Ti is better than the 2070. But the oh, actually no, they did push uh, RTX to 1080s as well. The 10 series cards now have RTX. Support. Yeah, so maybe I just swap this out with my card and then. Is the 1080 Ti better? I think it. I think the 1080 Ti is better than the 2070, but not the 2080. Mm-hmm. Or like the 2080 and the 1080 Ti are like similar. I think. But really, really, what's crazy is if you look at the three series cards, how night and day they are from like even the two series cards. Like, like the thirty eighty is like substantially better. Yeah, it's absurd. And the thirty ninety is just like the best video card that exists right now. Like even better than Titans. And then even then, I wonder if the ten eighty Ti could handle Ghost Runner Probably. with RTX turned on. Probably. Um, I think a lot of things can handle Ghost Runner. I don't though i mean it, it looks like ghost runner is hey everybody this is garbage game cool today we're talking about ghost runner that's nick i'm joey and uh i appreciate all the support we can get on patreon on the podcast feeds hope you like the show like comment subscribe uh what was i doing oh yes ghost runner is a game that uh it feels like uh like like, like a cornerstone like made on unreal engine yeah and it's like everything is like shiny and looks better than it should for an indie game with small people on it like i feel like ghost runner is a is a premier uh unreal game yeah it's like a it it feels like this is how you show off like a brand new computer to some extent because it looks very pretty Mm -hmm. and i think when back when cyberpunk 2077 was still on the horizon i think people looked at ghost runner and said man what a bad time to release your cyberpunk game but now looking back like i feel like overall just in terms of like technical achievement and art direction Ghost Runner feels like a more successful look at the things that Cyberpunk was trying to achieve visually. Oh, man. Yes, it does. And, I mean, I guess it's easier to do that when you scope your game down. Yeah, it's not, not an open-world game. It's a, it's a linear, level-based game. Yeah. So, Cyber... Or, excuse me, fuck. Ghost Runner uh, appealed to me as a game because... Um, what are things that I like? I'm kind of into Cyberpunk. I'm not as into Cyberpunk as you, but I'm kind of into Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, Mirror's Edge, original Mirror's Edge, not fucking, not fucking. Yeah, Mirror's Edge. original Mirror's Edge. Parkour games, kind of fun. Pretty good. Games that involve some level of like asynchronous competition, kind of fun. Games mm-hmm. involved like the the cool movement, be it like you know Titanfall or that Mirror's Edge, like we're saying, kind of fun. So I look at Ghost Runner, and I'm going, hmm, this is probably something I'd be interested in. And I know that it's actually been on our radar for a minute because we even played the demo and talked about it on uh, on game cl- on on uh, Weekly Scoop. Yeah. So when it came out, uh, admittedly, I didn't play it right away. I, th- I think that you might have, but we we both uh, have like uh, owned and operated copies on Steam, and it made sense for it to be a garbage game club game because it's it's a uh, it's a indie title with mass appeal that does something interesting. It's almost like kind of one of the cornerstones of the show. Yeah. Right? It's a it's a little bit of a hidden treasure of a game because you know it definitely got overshadowed by all the AAA releases that came out last year, uh, especially something like Cyberpunk twenty seventy. 
27, both trying to go for the same vibe. So obviously the big multi-billion dollar game is the one that gets most of people's attention. But the thing that really drew me into Ghost Runner when I played the demo was I'm a big fan of games that are run-based where you kind of, it's a very, you understand where you need to go, but the fact that you can instantly start over a level and then try and beat your personal time. Little Hotline Miami. Yeah, I love games that motivate you to, you did that, but you didn't do it as good as you could have. And I love that feeling of like getting or, a couple seconds fast. You did that, but um, some on your Steam friends listed a little faster than you. Well, I played it before you. <laughs> Yeah, you played it before me, and I just... And I haven't been back I just to beat a lot of time. That's, that's fine. You know, I mean, it's not a competition, but I mean, I only replayed one level because I wanted to make sure that I was ahead of you on every <laughs> level. So, you know, that's, that's what it is. Now I got to go back in, baby. It's fine. I know that I am a uh, competitor. I, you know, I, I've won cash prizes in three different esports titles. So, I mean, you know, if anything, <laughs> I... I would say that I am a good gamer. <laughs> and Ghost Runner uh, was interesting to me because not it at the same time wanted to make me competitive, but at the same time, I couldn't care less and I just wanted to finish the game. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, hmm, I can do that level better. And other times it's like, oh, fuck, thank God I'm done with that level. And I think that... Ghost Runner tries to do game design like, you know, old school Mario where you're building on top of each other. You're, you're, you're teaching mechanics one mm -hmm. by one. Every level is a little bit different. You're growing. There's new stuff. There's stuff to keep you interested. But when you do that for what I would say a little bit too long, mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, oh, cool. Another mechanic, right? A like, new sort ability. If I had... A criticism of Ghost Runner, it's that I wish the whole thing was 20% shorter. Yeah, I think this really feels like this needs to be a three-hour game instead of a six-hour game. Yeah, or I mean, it could even be a longer game if you're, like, struggling with it. Mm -hmm. Like, And I, I don't know if people who are struggling with it, like, continue to wait it out. But, like, there's cool ideas in there, right? Like, I mean, it, it takes stuff that you would imagine. It, it goes far beyond wall running and grapple hooks. And, like, the, the, the whole upgrade system is actually pretty cool, how it's like a, like a Tetris block that you put together in your inventory so you can only have certain upgrades that fit together certain ways. But all of your upgrades, I don't really care about like I, I want the ones that are good like hitting people's bullets back at them or like having an extra dash and then uh, yeah always extra dash I always get but it's funny you mentioned that the, i love the idea of the upgrade system because it's very reminiscent of mega man battle network the way you could upgrade mega man by just fitting all of your upgrade pieces together properly a la tetris but the thing that i found myself when i started Ghost Runner, I was like, oh, this is such a cool system. I love this idea for upgrading the Ghost Runner. And by the end of the game, I swear I just stopped slotting stuff in because I was like, I'm just going to beat this game. Like, I'm just going to get to the end of the level. I felt like, okay, so... I just had no reason because none of the power-ups felt particularly game-changing other than give me an extra dash, please. Yeah, some of them were, like, good situationally, which is fine. But I... I... Normally, when I play a game that I really like, like right now I'm playing Link to the Past, mm -hmm. I just don't stop playing the game. Mm -hmm. Ghost Runner, I found myself being like, well, I'll do two levels today and then stop. Yeah. Which is kind of a red flag for me for something that I'm actually not that interested in. Mm -hmm. um, totally. And I, at the beginning, I was doing that. 
because Ghost Runner was a video game that was making me feel a little queasy, which happens to me sometimes. Oh, interesting. And until I, I did some Redditing on it, and I realized that I should turn off the screen shake because it makes a lot of people sick, mm. I got much better when actually playing the game. Also, Field of Vision, much, much bigger. But like as soon as I turn screen shake off, I'm like, oh, I can play this game for more than like an hour and a half without feeling queasy. That's nice. So it has a little bit of that problem for me. It had a little bit of not wanting me to sit down and binge it because ultimately it felt a little bit samey. The, yeah. the game feels a little bit samey. Every level, even though they introduce new mechanics, it all mostly feels like the same thing. It, it's a lot of the same thing. And that doesn't mean that it isn't fun. I just think that it gets repetitive. Yeah. Right? So if you break it up, I think you can enjoy your playthrough. Like, oh, man, I had a really cool individual level. Oh, man, I had a really cool speed run. Oh, man, I had a couple cool levels. Mm-hmm. But to sit down and just play, even if you were doing it on stream, I'm not I'm, – I don't know. Like, I, I think that, it, that its pitfalls really all stem from its, from its length. Yeah, it just gets a little long in the tooth. But I, I think, you know, the it you kind of have to make comparisons to Mirror's Edge just because they feel like they're grown from the same branch. They're the two best free-running games. Yeah, 100%. And the thing that I found myself with the early game of Ghost Runners is the, the levels in the beginning of the game are easy. There's very little friction as far as things that can stop you from progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all very straightforward. And that's what it feels that's when the game feels that it's at its best is when you are just, I understand where I need to go and I'm going to jump from A to B to C to D. And you feel good because the game does feel good to play. But once the game starts to add a little complexity in the later levels, whether it be verticality, uh, enemy turrets and, and flying machines and stuff like that, it starts to get a little more friction and it kind of cements the idea that I'm just doing the same thing over and over and anytime over. it slows down because i feel like the verticality is what often slows it down mm-hmm. and the beauty of mirror's edge is when you really get that state of flow <laughs> oh wow that makes so much sense now mm-hmm. when you really get that flow state right um and you get that same feeling in ghost runner bouncing between walls slashing people sliding grapple while run like you're you can get into that into that zen flow state mm-hmm. where you're like really vibing with a level right as soon as that gets broken up and you're focusing on like, okay, well, this is a combat arena. It's like, well, I can do cool stuff in combat. I can slow down time. I can dodge. I can, I can slash people. I can reflect bullets. I can do all these things. You know, It feels like not the game's strong suit. Like I would almost rather take the game, cut it in half, and then focus so much more on the free running and even potentially take out all of the enemies. And I would like to see what that version of the game looks like. Yeah, like when the game does decide to do its combat arenas, I think the difference between this and Mirror's Edge is there's weight to your weight to the combat in Mirror's Edge, mm-hmm. whereas in Ghost Runner, it's very much like a Counter Strike level of weightlessness to a lot of the enemies. You just cut through them simply. There's no friction there. Whereas in Mirror's Edge, if you go to kick someone, you really feel Ooh. all of your momentum come to a halt. Or if you are in the flow, as they might say, you can uh, attack an unprotected area of an enemy and it really feels like, oh, I achieved something there because I understood my momentum and I knew where to hit the target. Whereas Ghost Runner, you kind of just zip through enemies like they're butter. Like it's just, it's so precise and it feels almost like, well, there's not really anything happening here. It feels like it's 
it's almost un insubstantial as far as oh, maybe I should just avoid enemies instead of trying to kill through them. That said, I do really like it when you have to jump from a from a wall run or from a high building and land on a turret, like a like mm -hmm. a flying drone or something, and then kind of steer it as you're crashing to the ground. Like that's kind of cool, and I like that it incentivizes traditional like. I'm sorry, it, it changes traditional platforming to be like, oh, this Mario platform is slowly falling. Like, it's a fun, uh, like, reshaping of a perspective on how you can platform in a 3D Unreal Engine environment. Exactly, because when I think of 3D platforming, I think of, like, you know, a Mario game, Banjo, and, you know, it kind of starts and stops there. Mm -hmm. There are more, like, oh, man, hot in time, cool 3D platformer. Like... I, like, I, like you think Mario when you, yeah. when you think 3D platformer. This is a completely different take on 3D platforming that not a lot of people have done well. And I think the platforming is is strong when, when the levels are there, right? And this is like a pretty small team. They've done a lot of stuff mm -hmm. by themselves. And I don't know if the level design was the strong suit. Um, I would love to see like how they iterated on it because something about some of the levels just feel clunky. And you know what might actually give that impression? Because you're, there's, there's a lot of the same environment. And I know that people go like, oh, it's a Mario game, you know, uh, grass, clouds, uh, ocean, Bush. fire, <laughs> fire, poison, and yeah. castle, right? Mm -hmm. But this is cyberpunk interior, cyberpunk interior, cyberpunk exterior, cyberpunk interior. Neon-drenched skyscrapers start to all look pretty similar after a while and it all blends in together right like i mean and that doesn't mean that it's less cool you shouldn't be focusing on the background and like all the foliage when really you know you're, you're focusing on on your path and your line almost like it's a racing game mm -hmm. but it almost makes me think that the that the ideal aesthetic for a game like this might not be Cyberpunk, 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 cyberpunk. Yeah, I, I think that the beauty of something like Cyberpunk 2077 is not every single environment is what Ghost Runner looks like. And I think that there is actually some variety to 2077's art direction. Um, and I think it, it, it helps make the world feel like a larger place where in Ghost Runner, I often felt like I'm just in a square box in a and somewhere close to one of the sky boxes like it's nice and i think they do a good job of disguising that but it still ultimately feels like i'm running around in a small room that's just cleverly laid out well i think that we're doing uh we might be falling in the same pitfall that i've criticized before of like saying oh hey this is this is a small dev team whose yeah. game just wasn't better, right? And, like, we're almost comparing Cyberpunk to, or excuse me, Ghost Runner, fuck, to, you know, something One that had more... One of the biggest games of... Yeah, something that had more resources and, and just, just human resources mm -hmm. and additional financial ones and time resources. Like, obviously, Ghost Runner is a completed concept, but it is still a, it's still an indie project. So to compare it to something triple or even double A feels a slight bit disingenuous. And it's actually a finished game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does have that going for it, right? But it's it's hard t for me to. I it, it, it's like at that place where you could imagine it being a double A, triple A game, mm -hmm. but it's not, right? And because it gets so close, it gets lumped in and gets comparison with those titles that are bigger and had more resources when it's not super fair. Like no, I think that I think it's a different that, type of game too. I think that Cyberpunk with more resources and people and time and like potentially even people with like more game dev experience could have become something that, you know, goes from like a seven out of ten to a nine out of ten. But 
it isn't that. And you got to look at it for what it is, which is ultimately an indie title. A very pretty indie title around a core concept that I think gets a little bit convoluted. But it's an indie game. Mm-hmm. Even though it doesn't look like it. But I mean, that's more of a that's more of a uh, of a you know a, a highlight of the Unreal Engine than anything else. Yeah, totally. But you know, to to further dive into the comparison rabbit hole between this and Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, they both share a very similar narrative structure as far as you as the protagonist are basically being cohabited by uh, an artificial intelligence that you're really not sure of their intentions. Um, one isn't voiced by Keanu Reeves, but I think that the stuff Ghost Runner does is v- more trite. It was very much, uh, you know, over the course of the story of Cyberpunk 2077, I actually found myself thinking, oh, maybe, you know, Johnny Silverhand is more complex than I initially thought. Whereas the artificial intelligence in Ghost Runner, I was like, oh, this is just the bad guy pretending to be my friend for the entire game. Yeah. The amount of me caring about the Ghost Runner narrative was also like incredibly minimal. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason like that, like I know that... That's I, not the point of the game, but it is like funny that they're both, you know, the same basic story. I'm sure that Cyberpunk was like, fuck, are they really doing that same thing? <laughs> like, God damn it. Couldn't they have done anything better? They're, they're fucking CDPR. But it's like the standard Cyberpunk storyline though. Like if any Cyberpunk piece of fiction, it's like, yeah, what if your mind was inhabited by someone else? That's interesting. The stuff that was that worked for me in this game were those uh, like computer-based levels where you are running around like a 3D uh, like computer rendered environment. I kind of like those. That's really where it slowed down for me. Like mm-hmm. if I could have cut all those from the game, I happily would have. That the stuff that I absolutely did not like in the game. Um, again, outside of you know, we talked about the combat being too much friction in a game about like keeping moving, but the boss encounters were just each one of them were just not fun they felt out of place in a game like this like i get that they tried to take mechanics like you know while running dodging and and like apply them to more traditional boss fights Mm -hmm. but the boss fights almost felt like out of fury and not out of a game that fits here like i would almost say like like a like a more proper boss fight for this in the game i would have wanted to see is like a like a beat the clock like yeah. escape and use your movement toolkit in like a really tight manner that's kind of unforgiving. I want a skyscraper falling and I have to escape as it's falling, kind of a bossing. As, as opposed to you're in a circle arena with someone and you got to like, you know, dodge attacks and then. Mm-hmm. And it's basically you fail until you understand I need to press this button over here. Yeah. And I mean, that that's okay. And I, they're all pretty easy once you figure out what you have to do. But I feel like I always expected, okay, I'm going to die three times uh, against the boss and then I'm going to figure out what I'm supposed to do and then I'm going to do it. Like, I, I feel like a combat encounter should never just begin with you assuming you're going to die so that you can figure out the pattern. And that kind of sucked. The I think the game at its best, which I think you might classify as a boss encounter, is when you get thrown down the massive chasm and you have to fight this um, like this tower that extends from the center of the room. Yeah, and that's you, a cool boss. You have boss. to like jump because it, it's not a combat arena. You are using the the language of the game that you've learned so far. You will use movement as your combat in that particular encounter. I have to dodge the lightning bolts. I have to ascend this tower as this oscillating wheel of death is trying to stop me from getting to the top. Like that's interesting. 
that's fun. I would have loved to see more encounters that are in line with something like that. That that part was really good. Or where you're getting chased by all the tiny little scary mutant things while you're trying to like free run through this tiny uh, like corporate structure. Mm -hmm. Like that stuff is cool and that stuff is fun. And I think it's the game at its best because again, it's using the language of what the game is. The game isn't about combat. The game's about movement. So everything that's good about the game should revolve around that movement, not the thing that the game isn't about. Yeah, I did forget about that boss for a minute, uh, but that that feels fun and almost like I was talking about. Again, it was a little bit vertical, mm -hmm. and it was a little bit trial and error because you have to like learn patterns over time, yeah. which feels punishing unnecessarily. Um, but but once you actually get that that flow down, you feel good, and it's all about. I think the game is at its best when it's giving you the power fantasy of like being this badass ninja park, this badass parkour ninja. Mm -hmm. And any time that you're not doing that, I feel. And I, the words that I'm saying feel more critical than what I would really want to be here. I think that I'm doing something where it's like, well, I wish this was more. Because ultimately, I would recommend people who like free-running style games or like a strong cyberpunk aesthetic mm -hmm. to play Ghost Runner. I think that there's value here. I think that especially if it's on sale, like there, there, there is something here that a lot of people would super enjoy, right? But... I don't think that it's something like, oh, guys, we found something that no one knows about. Yeah. You should play that game. Like sometimes on the show we have those. Or sometimes we just play indie darlings, right? I wouldn't classify this as an indie darling or a hidden gem. But it's like a hidden what, – what's something that's like one under a hidden gem? It's like, it's like a hidden birthday cake where it's like, <laughs> oh, wow, I love cake. I forgot I bought this protein bar. How exciting. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> that I bought this protein bar for my roommate that I ate of his, and then I just keep on re-eating the protein bar that I buy to make up for his protein bar. I'm not, I only bought two this time. That way I'm like... Oh. You ate one of them already. Did I? Yeah, the birthday cake one. Okay, I'll get another one. <laughs> Anyhow, I know that we're not talking about the game now. Please pardon me. But like that that feels like what, most of what it is. Like, uh, like I, I think I, I gave it like a... On, on my official backlogged rating scale where I don't rate games independently, but instead I rate games relative to other games, mm -hmm. which probably is flawed. But I don't think so because, hear me out, if Half-Life Alex is a 10 out of 10, how can there be other games that are that good? <laughs> like, there's a very few amount of games that you can call a 10 out of 10 if if you're saying that that something has to be the best, right? Because I th I think that game rating has to be relative. I mean, I disagree, but that's okay. Your opinion is that you can have a hundred ten out of ten games, but I think if you do that, then it dilutes what a perfect game is. I mean, I think we're defining an object, which is fine. Like you can say that, but it's also like I just consider a ten out of ten something that everyone should experience. I consider a uh, a nine out of ten something everyone should experience, and a ten out of ten is an all time perfect exemplary game. I think you just compared. I just I think you raised two different like contrasting comparisons. I think that everyone <laughs> should abide by the scale that I use. <laughs> Got it. Which would only make if I if I was able to get like a review on Metacritic, I would probably actually just drag every game's score down, which is probably disadvantageous, because 
I, I do a similar thing on Yelp when I write Yelp reviews. I, I think like there's a, there's a difference between a place that is good and I would come back to, which is a four, and a place that I would happily take everyone to, which is like a five at all the time, like, like an all-time favorite restaurants. I think when you're looking at that top score, it's got, it's got to hold something. You can't just have a bunch of stuff be the best. Only so many things can be the best. So that's why I think I gave Ghost Runner like a, like a six because like it can't like it's it's not in that nine ten category it's more close to that seven eight category like i i would say like a like a six seven is is, is where i place ghost i would runner. give ghost runner a six but when i'm talking about it like i think people should play it and people are like a six that's like a d you're telling me that i should play a d joey i'm what i'm really trying to communicate here is that i'm struggling to accept some kind of game rating scale that i have because they're all flawed which is why we're talking about it and not assigning a number, even though I just assigned a number. It, I'd say like six. It feels like the perfect Steam sale game where the game is, you know, two forty nine ninety nine. It's or never going to be that low. Like, or four ninety nine. Ten dollars is probably worth your time. Or it seems like a perfect thing at home for like a PlayStation Plus giveaway or a, a Xbox Game Pass game. Like it's good. It, it is good, and it feels like it's worth your time, but how much of that time is going to be spent playing through the entire game is entirely up to you. Yep. And I think we only finished it because we kind of felt obligated to for the podcast. Also, it's short enough to like burst to chunk up into places. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know if I would have hard put it down. I think that once I played half of it, it was easy to do the other half, but I felt more encouraged to because of the show. Some levels I'm like, this is getting on my nerves now, but then after there's very little like, dark soul slamming your head into a brick wall more so like okay now i get what i have to do mm-hmm. and, and that's about it but overall pretty okay game pretty okay game worth trying if, if any of this feels appealing great to music you. fun music and it gets you into that that hotline miami like trance zone where you're just like i'm only playing this game and i need to be arcade perfect amen um we did the thing where we didn't talk about what the next game is going to be Oh, we did. Remember the other day when I went up to your room and told you about the thing? You're lying right now. No, I'm not. I literally said, hey, remember this game you wanted me to play? I feel this way about it. And then we both began to talk about how we feel. Oh, you want to do that? I do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if we're going to do that or not. Well, then I think I actually know the two games we're going to do after that, but I should... I'll wait until we cut the camera. But I but I, I, I got one in my head. So I'm glad that I didn't say what I was going to say because the next game that we're going to play, which I think Nick actually spoiled that he might not be a giant fan of. Um, no, I, I was purposefully neutral in my language. I think, I think you were a little spoilery. Um, next week, we're going to talk about a, a Switch slash PC indie game uh, that, that set a small little piece of the world on fire. That you then rotated. That you then rotated <laughs> a little bit to put against another piece of the world. Cardo. We're going to be playing We're Cardo. We're going to play Cardo. All right? Came out last year, I think, uh, middle we're of We're really year. hitting the 2020 games. Yeah, man. Every- we're, we're, we're really... there's As far as I know, there has been nothing in three months of 2021 yeah. that's worth playing without with the extension yeah. of uh, Hitman. Uh, <laughs> you got to update your backlog of 2020 games. I Well, no, because I do... Oh, but you do it the year you played them. I do it the year I played them. I, I, maybe that's flawed. Maybe I should reinvestigate. you got to finish your backlog anyways. But next week, we will go ahead and talk about Cardo, which you can pick up on the Switch, maybe on sale or on your PC. There you go. So until then, goodbye. Goodbye.